All right, peeps, welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining me on the AEW Insider. This episode's not going to be super long. I just wanted to bring you guys the results in case you haven't seen it, seen them. Give you my opinion on them because the show was awesome. At one point in the final match, the crowd was actually yelling boring, which surprised me. But hey, it is what it is. I don't hate and I can't tell them what the fuck to do. But anyway, the pre-show did start off with Swerve. Versus Garza. I did predict Garza to win, and he did. That guy's going to be a star, man. He's got charisma, and he fucking backs it up. He's going to be really, really huge. Uh, after that, they did kick off the main show with the women's War Games match. Uh, before that, though, they did show Mia Yim. She was attacked back backstage. Of course, they didn't say who it was, but since she was attacked backstage, then my baby Dakota Kai finally got on Team Ripley. The main show, it was Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. EO and Candice LeRae started it off. There is no love lost between those two ex-best friends. Then a few minutes later, Bianca Belair came in and she fucking cleared the ring. She went to work and she was whooping Candice's ass. Belair hit her with three power bombs in a row. And the final power bomb, she actually slammed her off the steel cage. The place went nuts. Rhea Ripley then entered the fight, and she brought trash cans with her, plus other weapons. They pulled out tons of weapons during this pay-per-view to put in the caves during these matches, and they all kept screaming for tables, which nobody was pulling out. But it was fucking crazy, man. At one point, there was like 13 chairs in the ring, cans, what have you. Uh, they were At one point in the match also, there were like five of them in the corner. Like One wanted to give a power boom off the rope, one wanted to give a suplex, what have you. At the end, they all did a legit powerbomb suplex right on the fucking pile of chairs. Candice LeRae did catch the worst of it. I know she's going to be hurting. Then it was the, uh, what you call, Team Ripley's turn to come into the cage. It was Dakota Kai's turn. She came out. She was excited. Out of nowhere, she turned on her bestie, Tegan Knox, and she beat the piss out of her. I mean bad. Tegan Knox was out injured for a while, her leg and all that. Yo, Dakota Kai used the cage, used everything. She fucking snapped, which is great because a good girl gimmick sucks. I'm a huge Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai mark, one, because she's fucking gorgeous and two, because she's really, really great in the ring. Now she's going to be bad and now we're going to get to see her real side. William Regal even went to interfere and she actually pushed him, so you know she's going to have to pay for that. But uh, what you call it, they made her leave the arena uh, Baszler got to come in and she laughed because right now it was pretty much four on two for Team Baszler. It was a fucking match, man. The ladies tore off the roof. It was an amazing show opener. And your winner is Team Ripley, which is bullshit. But I knew they'd give it to her because they're pushing her and Baszler's getting called up soon. After that, we did have the Damon Priest versus Killian Dane match versus Pete Dunne. The winner got the fight for the number one contenders. Excuse me, number one contender spot, and they're fighting Adam Cole Bebe tomorrow night live on Survivor Series, which is huge. 
Uh, it was bullshit, though. They gave the win to Pete Dunn. Not taking anything away from Dunn. I love Pete Dunn. I think he's fucking awesome. But out of those two guys, man, they could have gave somebody a fucking chance, a nice little push to be on the main roster pay-per-view. Somebody who needed it. Dunn's not going to fucking beat Adam Cole. It's not going to fucking happen. So what's the use? Neither is the other guys, but it could have gave them a name, you know, and gave it some recognition, some credential. Uh, after that, we did have Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. After four years, the longest-running NXT champion, the man with the most winningest takeover record out of anybody, standing at 8-1, the creator and first leader of the Bullet Club, Finn Balor, returned to NXT tonight. Finn dominated most of the match, and then Riddle really got to show off his skills that we know that he does have. Riddle went to go for a floating bro, but Balor reverses. He drops him and kicks him into the corner, and then he goes for his coup de grace. Riddle moves out of the way and put him in a submission hole, which is dope, and he was punching him the whole time. Balor reverses it, hits him with the 1960 hanging DDT, and he got the win. Without the Bullet Club, nothing. It was awesome. I was a little sad, though, because I was hoping they were going to introduce some members of the new Bullet Club, what have you, but Balor's all in black. He's a bad guy. He's Prince Devitt. He's rock and rolling. He fucked Matt Riddle up, but it was a good match. All right, I'm going to take a break real quick. I do have the results of the men's war game match, which is fucking crazy. Plus, Stone Cold was interviewed by Newsweek. They asked him about the Attitude Era Undertaker. I'll let you know what he's got to say. And also a Cody Rhodes story. And some couple more things. So, tune in, peeps. I don't mean to ramble on, but I just wanted to get this out to you guys so you had it. So, don't mind me as always. I'll be right back. Alright, peeps, let's get back to the show. Finally, we do have War Games 2019 Men's War Games match. We have Undisputed vs. Team Champa. Champa came out with a dope new mask. It was gold, of course. It was kind of like a mix of Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles and the masked bad guys from 300. The shit was a pimp. Champa went right to the ring. There was no discussion from his team who was going to start. He was starting. Roderick Stone started out against him. Champa tossed Strong his crutch to use as a weapon. Strong tossed it out of the ring, and then Champa proceeded to beat his ass. Kylo O'Reilly finally entered to even up the score for Undisputed. Dominic came in and was clearing fucking house. Bobby Fish came in next. Undisputed was standing in the ring with everybody else beaten up. They were mocking Team Champa. Keith Lee came in and wrecked shop. Then finally, my boy Adam Cole made his way. He grabbed a bunch of tables from under the ring. That's what the crowd has wanted the whole night. They were begging for it since the women's war games match. The crowd went bananas and they kept ch chanting, Thank you, Adam. Before Adam Cole made it into the ring, Ciampa fucking hit him right in the gateway and put Adam Cole through a table. So he was out for a little bit. Then he did get in the ring and it was four on three. It was undisputed versus Team Ciampa because their mystery member never came out. The clock kicked that, ticked down. Ciampa's fourth member was supposed to come. Of course, for like a minute and a half, two minutes, nobody came out. And then out of nowhere, boom, KO. That's right, Kevin fucking Owens' music hit. Kevin Owens returned to NXT tonight. I hope it's permanent. I don't know, but fuck yes. Keith Lee and Dominic went to throw Roderick Strong from one side of the ring to the other, but between those two big fucks, they didn't have enough strength to clear Roddy across the top rope. So instead, he went through the middle rope, and when he landed on the other side of the ring, he nicked his head off a corner of a table, which was fucked up. 
At one point, Kevin Owens wanted to suplex Adam Cole onto the steel that's in between the two rings. Cole reversed it and went for a Panama Sunrise. Cole's not strong enough and KO weighs too much. It took him three tries to flip over KO's body. Then he flipped KO over him and KO literally landed on his fucking neck. I thought he was going to be paralyzed. It should have been a career ender. In the end, everybody fucked themselves up and they were laid out all over the ring except Ciampa and Cole, of course. Those two were on top of the cage swinging at each other. Ciampa got the upper hand. He grabbed Adam Cole and one of his finishers. Like, he put him behind his back, he cradled his neck, and yo, from the top of the fucking cage, there are only two tables below, he fucking dropped Adam Cole right on his back and on his neck for the one, two, three. Your winner is Team Ciampa. KO came back, but that wasn't cool. It's not fucking cool, man. Adam Cole literally could have broke his neck. Uh, Miss Adam Cool, Dr. Britt Baker, was at ringside. They showed her real quick, and they even mentioned her, which was very cool. But it's way too dangerous to have them up there with no harnesses or anything like that. It's not worth the risk, if you ask me. But Team Ciampa did win. And that's War Games 2019. Remember, we got Survivor Series tomorrow, peeps. Stone Cold Steve Austin did an interview with Newsweek and was asked about the Attitude Era, Taker, and his TV show, or his podcast show, whatever it is. This is what the Rattlestack had to say. On his work with The Undertaker during the Attitude Era, when we were working heading into SummerSlam 98 in the Highway to Hell, we were working matches and angles all the time. I worked with him and Kane in a handicap match, all of that stuff. I remember the work and I remember dealing with Undertaker, but now listening to Mark, we didn't get into each other's personal lives. I didn't know some of the things he liked, whether it was hunting or fishing or whatever. I was doing my own thing, and then I was very business-oriented. I had my blinders on. I was trying to stay hot and stay afloat, and he was doing the same thing, making those adjustments. They asked him about him being a good storyteller. He says, you ask Mark, which is Undertaker, uh, that question if he's a storyteller. He likes to talk. You would never know that watching The Undertaker, but most of the time he was chokeslamming, giving someone the last ride or the tombstone pile driver. It was a very long, short, but usually a bad ending. When you sit across from the guy, and when he's not in character, he's smiling, he's laughing, and I've seen him laugh and smile before backstage, but he's a breath of fresh air. And he, they asked if Undertaker really is that laid back. He said, you're used to hearing him as, as the Undertaker. That's one of the biggest things people used to ask me, if he was alive or dead. That's how shielded this guy was. People at the airport ask if he's alive or dead. Well, he's alive, and he has a regular voice, and he's very charismatic, and he's an engaging guy, and very down-to-earth. You'll enjoy the conversation, and it will catch a lot of people off guard because of how laid back he is. And finally, they asked him about filming in his L.A. studio. He said, not only do I get to be in my stopping grounds where I do my audio podcast, which is normally just me and the guests across from each other from a table and nobody else in a room, but all of a sudden you're thrown into with a couple of cameras, some sound guys, and things get amped up a little bit. The adrenaline starts to go up. It's different, and it's much more relaxed. i got to check out that studio show. I listen to his podcast, but not that. <clears throat> 
All right, people, and finally, well, not finally, when people are talking online about the new Intercontinental title that Shinsuke Nakamura was presented Friday night, people think it was changed because of Cody Rhodes and how he brought the white title back to WWE. Cody replied on Twitter about it. He said, unlikely, probably just time for a change, all good things and such. I'm sure this one will have great moments of wrestlers attached to it like the old one. So he took the high road. Speaking of Cody, he will be returning to the ring this week. He hasn't been back since his injury on the last pay-per-view. WWE 2K20 released a patch today to help fix the game's many, many problems. I have a feeling it's not going to succeed in what it's trying to do. And finally, and I mean finally this time, ACH aka Jordan Miles has already booked his first independent match. It will be in Texas against Chandler Hopkins, and he's already got a second match, which will be for Sammy Callahan's Wrestling Revolver promotion on December 27. He's so going back to New Japan unless AEW swipes him up. All right, peeps, that's it. Like I said, I don't mean to ramble on. I wanted to get you the results and some new news stories that came out before that. Definitely check out our video on YouTube. It is friggin' awesome. Already got like 30 views. It's only been up a couple hours. And 30 is a lot for me. I only got 70 subscribers so far. So I'll help a brother out. Uh, we will be back with movies and more this week, plus more wrestling news and podcasts. Remember to check us out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and all podcasting platforms with the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider One. All right, peace. We'll be back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider. Ciao, peeps.